you welcome another episode of the Hot Tag. This is take two of the Q&A episode. So you guys were supposed to get this episode this past week. Um, but unfortunately, when I uh, uh, went into GarageBand to do the normal edits and take care of the show where, you know, I've done 25 other episodes on GarageBand and never had one single issue. Everything's come out perfect. Uh, I go in to get this show ready to get out to you guys, and apparently, out of nowhere, GarageBand just completely, you know, <laughs> just got demolished, and uh, I lost all the audio, which was awful. Um, I tried to get some of it back, but just couldn't salvage enough to send you guys a show, and I'm not going to send you guys a, uh, a half-assed show. Um, it was tough, but, you know, thankfully, my partner here, Kyle Barone, was... Uh, um, happy enough <laughs> and nice enough to uh, let's do this all over again. Um, but who knows? Maybe our answers will change <laughs> from last week. Um, but uh, um, so we'll get things uh, kicked off here in the Q and A show. I uh, hope everybody enjoyed the top overrated and underrated. Got a really good um, response to that. Uh, a lot of good listens. So thank you guys so much. As during this. Again, the pandemic, you guys don't have a whole lot to do and not enough time sometimes to listen to a podcast. But every time you click ours, we greatly appreciate it. Um, so thank you on that. We spend um, you know, a lot of time trying to come up with things to talk about um, during this time. Um, all right, so let's start with the Q&A here. And all right, here we go. Barone, this is all deja vu, man. Um, <laughs> with SummerSlam approaching... Uh, and I'm sure it's not going to be great, so the person here is not too positive about SummerSlam. Uh, when do you guys think live audiences will return? Not soon enough. Yeah. Um, I think wrestling desperately needs an audience because the whole thing's based around crowd reactions um, and the like how they have the, uh, the wrestlers in the crowd. They're giving scripted reactions. So it's, you know, every good guy that comes out, they're cheering. Every bad guy that comes out, they're booing. And it's not the same organic, natural response you would get from a crowd. Because, mm-hmm. you know, like, you know how crowds are wrestling. If somebody's getting shoved down our throats, they push back. Not with the, not with a crowd being told what to do. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> I heard SummerSlam might be on a ship, which I think is god-awful. <laughs> Because they're just going to throw Rey Mysterio off it. <laughs> like they have. They've thrown him off a building. They've fucking poked his eye out. But uh, I saw something else where they might have it on the beach, which would be kind of cool. Yeah. Um, it'd be a cool look. It'd be different outside at night on the beach. But, uh, yeah, crowds can't come back fast enough. And I think it's going to be a while before they come back. And once they do come back, it's going to be a weird vibe for like a year. Because it might be a scattered crowd, spaced out, you know. So, I don't I, know. I definitely, um, I definitely wouldn't mind um, a beach pay per view. I mean, WCW historically did those a lot back in the day. I mean, they they had them on in like Daytona Beach. I mean, who can ever forget the Hog Wild pay per views? <laughs> <laughs> um, of course, there won't be a ton of people there, but I think the setting is pretty cool. Um, and if people are allowed on beaches anyway, yeah. I wonder if they could, like, have a crowd but space it out, even if it's, like, the wrestlers' friends and families that come. But to just have more than the NXT developmental guys there, 
cheering and giving these like like I said scripted reactions. Like if you get, you know, if everyone's like gets five tickets to give the friends and family, yeah, they're gonna have at least a bigger crowd, space them out, so you get more of a reaction. I don't know. It's but a beach would be kind of cool. Yeah, and and I don't think and to to go to answer the original question is I I don't think we're gonna be seeing audiences. I mean, at least through the month of August. I mean, I, I, I think we're on the verge, and this is just my, my opinion. I'm not a scientist or a doctor, but it just seems like I think we're headed straight for another shutdown across the country. It seems. I mean, New Jersey for so we we're, we live in New Jersey. For those of you listening, and uh, you know, for about three or four straight weeks, we you know we flattened the curve, quote unquote. But now over the past week, it's just kind of spiked, and it kind of you know. When you have the East Coast starting to spike, that's not a good sign. Um, again, that's because, you know, on the East Coast we have beaches and, and a lot of things are open on our side. Um, but that's that's scary to think that we could go into the new year without pro wrestling having audiences. Um, yeah, and that, that's, sports having audiences. Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah, that's, that's the tough part. And, um, you know, even though uh, WWE just held their quarterly earnings, they made a ton of revenue. Um, and it's... <laughs> It's weird. It's weird to to even say that, but then again, you think about it. There's just no overhead. Everything's in a building that they own. So, um, and you know, they they apparently had like a ten percent increase in the subscribers to the network. That also makes sense too with everybody at home. I would actually think that the number would have been higher, but it didn't. Um, but still, uh, an increase is an increase. Um, so, all right, next question here. Uh, your favorite wrestling podcast and Instagrams to follow? The Hot Tag. It's the greatest <laughs> podcast ever. It's the greatest Instagram ever. Go follow it. <laughs> um, no, the, uh, my favorite podcast is still Conrad and Bruce because I like hearing that backstage, uh, behind-the-scenes view of everything. Mm-hmm. I think Conrad does a great job of researching, asking good questions, He'll call Bruce on his bullshit every once in a while when mm-hmm. Bruce gives the corporate answer, mm-hmm. um, and he gives a fan's perspective of things. Uh, I think even when they weren't there, like Bruce wasn't with the company, he still gives a good like. This is probably what they were thinking because he's been Vince's right hand man for so long. Mm-hmm. So um, podcast that one I like grilling Jr. Yeah, even though um, Jr. Can, <laughs> he kind of goes into not business for himself, but. Out of nowhere, he'll like Conrad will ask about a talent. He'll be like, "You know, I signed him. You know that Conrad." And it's like, "Yeah, we know. Yeah, that was your job. You know, it's." Um, but I, I understand it. It's just kind of funny how he kind of goes off on like sidebars about, you know, I did this and I worked this deal and stuff like that. But um, <laughs> it's like we know. <laughs> yeah, Instagram accounts. It's hands down Wrestle Botches, <laughs> the the funniest. Yep. The greatest, uh, in my opinion, wrestling one because. Mongo Mondays are great. You oh. get to watch Goldberg almost kill people. Yep. Um, yeah, just like the dumb botches that like we see that we forgot about. <laughs> they're pretty funny to go back. And the uh, so the wrestling classic that's yep. now TWC worldwide or yep. whatever. Yep. They're really great too. Yep. I'm uh, so for me, it's definitely something to wrestle. Uh, Grill and Jr. is great, and this is the this past week's episode. Uh, I think it was last Wednesday's episode. They did like a raw watch along from 2000, and God, it really pissed me off. And uh, so Conrad's talking about, you know, I guess there was a segment where there was Edge, Christian, and the Hardys, 
And like the first thing Jr. goes is, you know, I mean, I signed those four, and it's like, <laughs> dude, we've been listening to you for a decade. Say you've signed everyone in that era. We know. <laughs> we I, know. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then I love. I really do enjoy grilling Jr. Um, because I, what I like about Jr. is not only was he, you know, one of the greatest commentators of all time, but you know, he was the head of talent relations, which is directly next to almost like Bruce to, to Vince. Yeah. Um, so JR's great. He's a great storyteller. Uh, same with Bruce. Um, I think JR produces less bullshit than Bruce Pritchard. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, Grill and JR, something to wrestle on my favorite wrestling podcast. My but favorite. I love how when Bruce does, like, when Conrad will bring up like a shit angle and be like, who booked this shit? And Bruce, like, totally takes credit for it. He's he like, yeah, not one of my finer moments there, Conrad. <laughs> so I do like how he admits, like, yeah, I've had some shitty fucking yeah. things I've done in my life. I know. And then, um, like, Instagram or Twitters, I, I love TWC Worldwide. Russell Botch is just like, my wife loves Russell Botch. Um, mine. Yeah. She doesn't watch wrestling. I know. She'll send me up. It's hilarious. And then, and then the other two, um, um, is it two? Oh, I love 90s WWE on Twitter, and I love Rick Rude Atomic Drop. <laughs> yeah. That Twitter account is so great. Yeah. Every time, sometimes I'll just go on Twitter to see if I missed one, just because I want to see it. Yeah, um, and he, his oversells, like, when I see him, I remember back when I was a kid watching him mm-hmm. oversell, like, Atomic Drops from people. And now it just, like, brings back all these memories of, like, you know, he would oversell it back then. And as a kid, you're like, oh, man, he's really hurt. But oh. now you watch it, and it's like it's so cartoonishly ridiculous, mm-hmm. but it's so funny. Oh, I absolutely love it. Um, all right, let's see. Next question here. Oh, okay, so this is the one where I got ripped into by someone. Chris, why do you have a personal vendetta towards the wrestling business? And it seems like every week you say something, and I believe that you want the wrestling business to fail. So... I answered this a little differently on the first take of this show, but the second time I'm going to say, I'm going to start off with saying, we spend a lot of time doing a wrestling podcast, and we talk about wrestling all the time. Yes, I want the business to completely go under. (laughs) I want all my hobbies to go away. Yes. My favorite hobbies. <laughs> Look, and, you know, I said this last time, and, of course, it, it sometimes it sucks to have to repeat myself on that. But, uh, look, you know, if the Philadelphia Eagles lose, I get so bent out of shape about it for probably a few hours, right? And I criticize. I'll call, you know, my dad and I, I'll call him, and we'll talk about the game if I don't watch it with him. And we'll talk about what sucked, who did a poor job. It's the same thing as if you guys went to a movie and paid 15 bucks to see it and there was shit that you didn't like about it. It's just it's just a way it, I criticize it because I care about it. I never come on here and say, I'm not going to watch ever again. I'm done. No, I tell you, I just spent three hours watching Monday Night Raw. Here's what I didn't like. <laughs> it's it's two hours same. and forty five minutes of it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So it's just like the wrestling fan fans are just so funny. A lot of them. I mean, you just ran in the one the other day that you sent me that photo uh, of. Jesus, I, I saw it was a picture of Goldberg and Ken Shamrock, probably from around two thousand ninety nine, two thousand ish. I'm guessing mm-hmm. shaking hands, 
and a wrestling fan commented, that would have been a good fight. And I'm like, no, no, it wouldn't. Shamrock would have murdered Goldberg inside of 30 seconds if they got in a cage in a real fight. Yep. Goldberg's a bad motherfucker. He would whip my ass. He would probably pick Chris up and beat me with him. It, precisely. Goldberg's a bad motherfucker. But Ken Shamrock was legit one of the baddest motherfuckers on the planet. He was a cage-fighting champion who was professionally trained. He yep. would have killed Goldberg. And I know Goldberg does martial arts, but he never professionally competed so it's you know it's I, like i love and i love wrestling fans and i love guys that like say stuff like that but it's like if you actually think about it shamrock would have murdered goldberg uh, I, I i agree it's just and I, you love all those and i i we you and i have seen some of those people say like or oh, i would love to see this guy go up against uh brock lesnar dude during a single him. mf or maybe Matt Riddle maybe might have a shot against Brock. Lashley's the only one. La- that's it. I forgot. I Lashley. Riddle can fight, but I think Brock's size. Which yeah. Is, Riddle's like, if they got in a cage together, he's like 70 pounds lighter than him. Mm-hmm. Lashley and Brock would be a good fight. I'd love to see it. Yeah. Um, but I'd have loved to have seen it six years ago. Now yeah. it's kind of, neither of them really trained like that anymore. But mm-hmm. yeah, like when the whole Jericho and Riddle thing, and people were like, Jericho got in Lesnar's face and he would have took it like no Brock didn't do anything because he didn't want to go to jail <laughs> he didn't want to go to you know? prison <laughs> and we've talked about this on other podcasts where like Brock as much of a hothead as he is he know he'd kill somebody so, correct you know that's the thing and, it, and again the average human being yeah Jericho probably fuck him up Brock's not the average human being nope <laughs> I'm not even sure he is a human being sometimes. <laughs> um, so yeah, long story short, I love pro wrestling, man. I I really do. Do do I enjoy what's going on right now? Absolutely not. But do I think it's going to be that way forever? I do not. Um, look, I I I was a wrestling fan before the Attitude Era. People forget how awful it was before the Attitude Era. So yeah. go watch 93 to 96. Yeah. It was not a good time in WWF. No, it was, it was not. You know, you get a lot of like, there were good matches like Brett and Sean were putting on clinics with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Undertaker had some good stuff, but as a whole, the wrestling business was not that good. Nope. And after the, like when the PG era first came on, it wasn't that great either. Mm-hmm. You know, there wasn't a lot, the wrestling, the in-ring wrestling was better, but the storylines weren't that great. It was like cookie-cutter bullshit until they got, I don't know, like the Shield came up and Punk found his groove, you know. But there was a lot of bad stuff in the mid-'90s and like the later 2000s, I mm-hmm. guess. Um, but, yeah, it, wrestling goes through waves. And like yep. you said, just like your favorite football team. Yep. When the Eagles are tearing shit up or the Phillies are tearing shit up, I'm loving every second of yeah. it. But, you know, when, they, when the Phillies leave – Bases loaded three times in a game and lose by one. Yeah. What am I supposed to say? Well, at least they got runners on. Like, nah, I'm pissed they didn't get a fucking hit. Yeah. So I, you criticize. That's what you do. Right. You know, everything's not all happy all the time. And the the what separates pro wrestling from the sports is, I mean, sports is entertainment, but wrestling is pure entertainment. If I'm not being entertained and I'm giving them my time, I have every right to criticize. Yeah, The Walking Dead's a great example. It's a TV show. It's entertainment. I got fed up with it. I haven't watched it in a couple of seasons. Why? Because I didn't like what they were putting out. 
and I'm not dedicating an hour of my life every mm-hmm. week to watch something I don't enjoy. Right. So wrestling right now, I haven't watched it. Like every now and then, I'll throw it on, but I can't get through a whole raw because I don't like the the content. The no fans is killing me. Yeah. Now, like you said, what was it last week? Raw had its worst third hour ever. And this past week's Raw had the worst third hour than that one. So yeah, and it's and again, it was like the third hour. What's the main event? Dolph and Drew. We know Dolph's not going to win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it might be a good match, but we've already seen that match a couple times. So right. why would I tune in, stay up late to watch that when I can catch an extra, you know, half hour, hour of sleep? For sure, absolutely agree. And um, so you. you for, for me, and I look at myself, we're doing a FaceTime on this one. I'm looking at myself in FaceTime, and it looks like I haven't slept in two weeks. And that's because I, I haven't. But nonetheless, um, yeah, it's just, you know, it, it's 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 just insane to me, the, the, the amount of people that really just, they, they dedicate their lives, though, to rip the business. You know, and that's the problem that I have. And, you know, we've talked about, how the internet has killed pro wrestling in a way, and we'll get into that when we get into another question here. But, all right, so uh, next question. Uh, Chris and Kyle, why can't WWE or even AEW create brand new stars? It looks like the last time we saw someone really transcend the business was John Cena. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's realistically, Barone, that's the million-dollar question that pro wrestling has had for a long time. It's the problem with it, too. And um, I'm trying to remember what I said last week, but I'm pretty sure it was... every Like, I think Vince wants to catch that white-hot, um, on-fire wrestler mm-hmm. right from the door, and he doesn't give him time to build, let the crowd get behind him. He shoves him like Roman. Yeah. When Roman was with the Shield... After a little bit, he was the most over member of the Shield. Mm-hmm. Like when he would get the hot tag, the place would go nuts. Yep. When he would get a face off with somebody, he was the most over member of that group. Vince saw that and put the fucking rocket pack on him. And the fans saw how fast he got pushed. It wasn't a slow build. And they were like, wait a second, let us do this. You know, so I think it's partially Vince where. Whenever someone does get steam, he tries throwing them right to the front of the line, and it's the whole show's all about them, and it doesn't work with the fans anymore. Also, mm-hmm. and after we recorded last week, I thought about this. Whenever someone does catch steam, Brock beats him. Like, yep. Braun Strowman was over as fuck a while ago, where he was like the top babyface heel, and the crowd kind of turned him. Where it was like, dude, he's getting a lot of steam with to get these hands and all that stuff, and they put him against Brock, and Brock beats him. Why? Yeah. Roman was the same way. The perfect opportunity was what was it, Mania thirty three? Mm-hmm. Whatever it was, when he Roman lost to Brock in the main event. Like, why? I don't know if it was because he bled, but like, there's your spot to put over Roman Reigns. Agreed. And it didn't happen, and um. Who else? He's beat a couple other people, but it's like, I think like, I just don't, I don't understand why I get Brock's over, but you're building someone that's like, they did it with Seth at WrestleMania. Yeah. Yeah. Granted, it didn't work the way they wanted it to, but like right. they built this whole program where he was the beast slayer. He was the king slayer, then the beast slayer. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know, that should have been like, that should have been Braun's spot 
a couple years before. Agreed. Because they were building him, and then they, they squashed him. Not squashed him, but they beat him in like a rumble or something like that. So... I, I agree with you. Um, I think that's. I think the problem is and you have to look at the eras where people, where stars were created. So you look at, you know, the Hogan thing just, you know, took wrestling to a whole different level. So you really can't compare because Hogan, that was when, you know, pro wrestling really just kind of skyrocketed to a, to a global thing. And, you know, Vince was buying out promotions and just <laughs> trampling on people. But, you know, that's business. Um, then you go into... The early to mid '90s, you didn't really have a quote unquote star. Like it was still Hogan, but now it's WCW, and yeah. at that and point, they tried with Diesel and it didn't work. And right. Then um, they went smaller with Brett and Sean. Mm-hmm. They didn't catch fire like Hogan did. Right. So then you you go into basically the Austin era, and that again, this is still pre quote unquote internet. So you then. The Attitude Era produced nothing but stars. You it like that transcended the business. I mean, Austin, Rocky, um, Triple H, Undertaker. You know, guys like Jericho. Um, it, it was just a. It was literally a star factory. Um, and then you know you go into the John Cena era, and that was still basically pre Twitter, pre Facebook. It was. You know, you couldn't just look up spoilers and you couldn't just go on the internet and just start trashing and making shit up. Once, like, you know, the the new decade, the 2010s came along, that was when I thought, all right, it's going to be really tough to create superstars because you're going to have guys like the Dave Meltzers and you have the internet wrestling community now just shitting on anyone they're going to try to push. And Roman is a good example of that, is... Did they throw them down our throats? Yes, because they produce like eight hours of content a week. But it's like almost like there's no chance for him to advance because purposely you're going to have people that are just going to hate him just to hate him. Let me, you know, if Dave Meltzer's ripping them, then I'm a Dave Meltzer guy. I'm going to just hate everything they do too. So I think it's hard to create stars now because, you know, you, you have a whole internet's worth of haters who shit on everything that they do, no matter what. I, you know, I'm at a point now that when there's a really good Monday Night Raw, a really good pay-per-view, it doesn't matter what WWE does. No, there's going to be a majority who just don't like it on purpose. Yeah. And it's like now with they look a for reasons to hate on it. Exactly. Yeah. And now that AEW's around, now you've I don't like to use segregated, but you've segregated and separated the fan base. Um, because God forbid you, you like both. Like it's like yeah. Nick, it's like Nick Foles and Carson Wentz. You got to pick one. You can't like both. Yeah. And it's, that's, that's the thing that you're, you're, you're struggling with now is, well, WWE, that was a really bad show, but AEW is just so much better. No, AEW is doing the same shit. It's just newer. It's different. Yeah. Um, I think they're doing a great job with MJF. I agree. With him. He's, he's so good. He's the best heel in wrestling right now and yep. he lives that gimmick he does dick the kids outside of the ring and mm-hmm. when he's doing autographs and he's phenomenal and he's only 24 which is great he's Insane. young he's one of the up-and-comers they have that's mm-hmm. gonna be on top of the business for a while I he's agree. a good wrestler too he is but he is. He's, a, he's a talker that will bring you in mm-hmm. and then once you're there you'll enjoy his matches i agree i swear to god if they ever turn he should be a, a heel for his entire career Forever, uh, yes. I agree. Um, 
All right, so next question here. Will you guys cover the Montreal Screwjob or maybe do a Survivor Series 1997 watch-along? Um, so, yes, I would love to cover the Montreal Screwjob. Uh, it's August, so our next show we will probably cover a SummerSlam. I'm a su- I'm actually thinking about it now because, you know, Barone asked me before the show, what do you want to do next week? And, uh, and I was just thinking, I think August... 21st is the 15th anniversary of SummerSlam 05. So maybe we can do a watch along of SummerSlam 05. That was Michaels and Hogan. Um, But we can maybe do something like that. I know we've had a couple people request SummerSlam watch alongs. Um, But yeah, I would love to cover the screw job. We might save that till November. Might as well save that to November of Survivor Series. Might as well save that around Survivor Series time. Um, but yeah, we could probably do both because that pay-per-view was also pretty good itself, Survivor Series in 97. Um, so yeah, well, I got a lot of those questions about the screw job, and I think that's something we can definitely cover. Um, next question here. Here we go. Uh, hey, guys, do you see AEW as a true threat either down the line or in the near future to WWE? Not anytime soon because WWE is such a global juggernaut mm-hmm. that AEW has a long way to go. Yeah. Um, do I think they can bring f- more fans over? I think they can because they're not competing with Raw or SmackDown, which is a good thing. They're only competing with NXT. Mm-hmm. So um, I think they have good characters. Uh, they still have a lot of older guys on top which I get they're an upstart, but like how you said, they, they're trying to be WCW light. And so I saw someone post about all the people they've signed during this pandemic. Cause they're giving a lot of people jobs, which is great. Yeah. They, I don't want them to over inflate the roster like WCW did back in the day. I remember hearing something like WCW had like 150 people on their, on their roster at one point. My God. And that was in the late nineties. Like, today it's understandable with NXT and all, like, before this, the house shows and stuff like that. You can have a lot of people on with three different brands. Yeah. Back then it was just Nitro and Thunder. And it was, like, all those guys they were just giving money to. So I hope AEW doesn't do that. They pick and choose who to sign. Um, I just saw they signed uh, Zack Ryder. Mm -hmm. I was always a fan of his. I like him. I think he's a good... He's such a, a wrestling mark. That's what I love about him, yeah. Yeah, and I think he'll do well over there. I think they'll let him get away from the woo-woo-woo, like, you know, where he created that whole internet champion thing. Yeah. And Vince took it from him, where they should have just let him do his thing and get over by himself. But um, I don't think they're going to compete anytime soon just because WWE's so big. I agree, and... For if I were to give them advice, as if I mean anything in the world, I I would just say, focus on what you're doing now. Try to be the best on Wednesday nights, and you know, build your company, you know, as as big and as as far as you can go. Don't worry about uh, about what the WWE is doing because the second you start worrying about it, then you you know you start counteracting what they're doing, and that's just. I don't think that's smart. You know, that's what, you know, WCW did is they got so big and then they kind of started focusing on, all right, well, whatever WWE is doing, let's just completely do the opposite and we'll see where it goes. 
they were just, trying to beat WWE more than they were trying to be their own show. Like right, you said. right. So you know that's that's the thing. If if I were if if I were AEW, you know, in this landscape of pro wrestling, I would just keep doing what you're doing. You know, you're you have an audience. It's not really growing, and that's what you have to focus on. Why are we not growing an audience? Yeah. You know, we're only beating NXT sometimes by thirty thousand viewers, which really realistically is it's a it's a glitch in the in the rating system, so it's a wash. You know, if if just to give people an update on, on ratings and how it works, if AEW gets like seven hundred and thirty thousand viewers, let's say, and AEW and NXT is at seven hundred thousand. It's realistically like a glitch in the rating system with how Nielsen is because it's a joke system regardless. But it's pretty much a wash. That that pretty much tells me that there's like 30,000 people that are just switching back and forth. And it's not generating enough time to gather a rating either or. So yeah. it's it's a, it's really a wash. Um, realistically... But again, 700,000 people isn't anything to be happy about. And that's, you know, that's going to go into our, our last question before we get into... Um, you know, our, our top 30 for 30 is, you know, the state of what is the state of WWE or just wrestling in general. And we can get into that right now is, you know, it's a big problem. You know, I don't, I can't stand when you go on Twitter on like a Thursday afternoon or a Friday morning when the ratings come out and people are like, haha, AEW beats NXT again. And then I go and I look at the numbers and I go, yeah, that's, that's great. Let me just completely pump up my company for 730,000 viewers. Yeah, against WWE's C show. show. Yeah. It, yeah. And, I, and I said this last week, and it's, it sucks repeating to Kyle things that we already talked about, but, you know, whatever it takes. Um, you, you go into any other television show on any other channel, and you put them on Wednesday night at 8 p.m. primetime television, and after their first, like, six weeks, they're only at 700,000 viewers, they are being canceled, effective like that next week. It's just, it, it, I, I don't know the kind of deal that AEW has with, um, with TNT, but my, what I'm assuming, and this is an assumption to me, if there was no pandemic, and they were, you know, producing live audiences this whole time, and they were still at 700,000 viewers, Barone, I'm telling you right now, I firmly believe TNT would have canceled them. Yeah. I think... I don't get why they haven't moved to, like, Thursday. Yeah, I... It, I it, like, it, like we said, Raw and SmackDown get 1.5 million, 1.4, 1.6, somewhere in that range. And NXT and AEW are basically splitting the fan base. Yeah. So why would I know Vince isn't going to move because he digs his heels in? Yeah. So I don't get why AEW wouldn't say, you know, we're going to move the Thursdays or mm-hmm. we're going to move the Tuesdays or something. And now if you get 1.4 instead of 700,000, that's a lot better. It looks a lot better on paper, you know. So agreed. Yeah. Like to to me, the reason why. Um, WWE doesn't get, you know, necessarily canceled. One, they're still the number one show on their network, on USA Network. But they've also probably have produced a lot of advertising dollars for USA Network. Um, so to, to me, you USA Network is going to give a little bit much more of a leash to WWE because, one, 
they're an established brand. They've been around for 50 years on, you know, on network television, they've been around since 1993, but you go back behind that and, you know, Saturday night's main event was shattering cable records on, on NBC. Um, so realistically for people to say, Oh, well, what about USA? You know, knocking down WWE? No, because a 1.4, a 1.5 or a 1.7 overall for three hours is still that network's number one driving show. Yeah, and they have three shows to put on. Right. So, to me, when you're on TNT, which produces Major League Baseball, NBA basketball, 700,000 viewers on a Wednesday night prime time, they don't have the leverage to go back at TNT and say, "Well, I don't think you should cancel us. We're doing well." You know, look look at our look at our point zero three on the eighteen to forty nine demo. Um, it it's just it it it's tough, man. Because I don't want AEW to go anywhere. I might not watch it that much, but it's really good for one. It's good for the the talent to have jobs. Um, yeah. And it's good for WWE to have competition. Competition it, makes everything better. Right. Eventually, when everything gets back to normal, you know, God willing, I really do think that it's – I think everything's going to get better. Um, so that that's – so the state of the business, uh, I think it's it's really tough, man, to, to boil it down to so many things because here here's how I look at it. And somebody asked me um, – you know, have I been watching? And I said, you know, no lie, man. Like, I really have not been been watching live. I'll catch highlights, like, on YouTube the next day and stuff like that. But I still I still just go on the network and I just watch older stuff. And um, for me, I'm not sure when I'll go back to the current product until I see things that I personally like or what you personally like. You and I have the same interest in terms of what we want to see every Monday and Friday. Um, I just think it's the worst that it's ever been. And I think it's worse than it's been in the nineties because they have so much more at their disposal now than they did in 93 through 96. And Barone has brought this up for a couple years. Now the WWE does not use their network to their advantage. They really don't. And you know what? What were your ideas, bro? And you've said before, just, you know, like the last hour of Raw should be TV 14 on the network. Yeah, if you wanted to do, like, obviously a lot of fans are are asking and pushing for edgier stuff, more violent things, TV 14 material. Now, they can't go back to what they were doing in 99, 2000, because it was, you know, way too over the top. They're not going to go for a broad panties matches and, you know, if a girl comes out and rips her shirt off and she's got stickums on, you know, <laughs> can't do that. Totally understandable. You can't have the chair shots to the head and stuff like that. Totally understandable. But if you put like your extreme rules pay per view on the network and promote it as extreme rules TV 14 for like a month leading up to it, no one can be like, well, I didn't know it was going to be this bad because we told you it was going to be this bad. So they can't yep. sue. You know, they can't be like, well, my kid was watching that and he's only eight. Well, it said TV 14. We told you it was going to be TV 14. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. And have that like more edgier, violent stuff. You know, I you can't promote a extreme rules match. And the most extreme thing they do is put them through a table. 
You know what I mean? It's, yeah. Um, now, again, I'm not saying throw people off a of cage like Foley. <laughs> I'm not saying, you know, barbed wire bats to the head. Mm-hmm. But you got to have more than, you know, the the kendo sticks and the chair shots to the back and to go through a table. And Michael Cole say it was the most brutal thing he's ever seen. You yeah. know, um, if you can, like they had that one cartoon on the network where they cursed. Oh, Camp WWE. Yeah, I thought it was hilarious. It was great. You know, it was like rated R material, but it was just like them cursing. So promote something like that and have a TV 14 pay-per-viewer show. Mm-hmm. You know, I said a while ago before NXT was actually given their own slot that Raw should be 8 to 9 NXT to promote these new guys and mm-hmm. then 9 to 11 can be Raw. I think that would bring more people in to watch that. But now NXT has its own time slot, so that's out the window. But the network's there for them to do so much stuff mm-hmm. where they don't have to worry about censors and, right. you know, putting certain things on TV. Mm-hmm. You know, I get you can't have a lot of stuff that they used to do. Different time, different place. But for sure. they have their own network, so put it on the network. Yeah, it's it, 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 it does annoy me when you have in your rotation of pay-per-views, you have Extreme Rules and then you have, like, you know, Hell in a Cell. And um, you have, like, Money in the Bank. Three pay-per-views that are normally pretty violent when you think of it. Um, and then it, it doesn't make any sense to me that if you can't have blood, if you can't have anything like that, well, I don't know why you're keeping these pay-per-views because you're obviously not going to do anything um, remotely close to what these pay-per-views suggest. You just did an Extreme Rules horror show. And you took out a man's eye, and there was no blood. There was no evidence of a. Yeah, of, it was uh, clearly a fake eyeball, which yeah. was terrible. And again, I don't know why they did an eye for an eye where you got to remove the eye because we know you're not <laughs> popping anyone's eye out. So bad, it, you know it. And to have it like, and if you were gonna pop it out, just have Ray cover his face. Don't show that right. fake fucking thing that, that looks so bad yeah you know i don't know and then like for me when i when i go over and i'm gonna preface this by saying wwe is starting to do this as well i look at aew as it's look i like aew i don't dislike it i don't give it a ton of time um because i'm not a fan of quite a few of those people on on the show i like cody i think he's probably the number one baby face in the industry right now um, I, you know, I never looked at him as anyone that's like super, like great. I don't look at him as a superstar. I just don't. That's what's my opinion. I don't like the young bucks. Um, they brought in that Brian Cage guy. I can't stand him. He's just a, a juiced up warrior. Um, <laughs> he's and he so just, big. yeah, he's just, he's so goddamn big. <laughs> I, I can't believe he, he, he apparently passes drug tests. Um, so <laughs> it's just unreal. Um, so and it's kind of like they're doing because they're using Taz with them, which I think is cool. Cause yeah. I don't know if Brian Cage could talk. But when I first saw that, I was like, oh, it's Brock and Paul Heyman. Yeah. You know, it was, and I think Taz would be great because he can actually, like, you know, if he needs to throw a suplex, he can be that outside heater. Mm-hmm. He's more than just a manager. But um, I've only seen Brian Cage wrestle a handful of times, mm-hmm. and he's kind of. He's a little better than Scott Steiner at Steiner's peak juiciness, but uh, he's still kind of limited in what he can do. 
Yeah, and let's see where it goes, but for sure. And I'm not like I love Chris Jericho, and I think some of the stuff he's doing is great, Mm -hmm. but I think a lot of it is over the top. Yeah, trying to be heel, Mm -hmm. where it it looks forced, I guess. Um, I don't know. Well, and like (laughs) I don't like that both companies have adopted the "I'm not going to sell anything." Um, anything like that, you know, you could see like seventeen super kicks in a match, or three Canadian destroyers, which is now the mat, the the, the move of of pro wrestling right now. Um, and and then you know these guys are just getting right back up and going into another spot. Like there's just no storytelling, and I, I don't know if the if pro wrestling believes that the attention span of a wrestling fan is like zero. But if I look at the demogram demographic of people who are watching wrestling, it's between twenty five. And 54, that means they've been around to know that they love storytelling and pro wrestling because they've been watching it for a long time. I don't understand the the no-selling and and the consistent just high spot, high spot, high spot, high spot. You know, guys like The Undertaker who can get away with an entrance, four moves, and the match is over, and people still want to see him every time. Why? Because he's built a career off of not doing high spots. He's built a career off of, you know, selling, storytelling, you know, um, you know, being, I don't want to use the word scientific, but psychology in a match. Like, yeah. it, there's no psychology anymore. I'm just going to... It's gonna, the reason why all these legends get so much respect and cheered when they come back. Right. You know, it's it, what they're doing now isn't good, but we're cheering you because of what you've been doing. Right. You know, what you've done to entertain us forever. Where, like you said, a Canadian destroyer should be, you're done, that's it. That's it. You know, but, like, you'll see it get hit, one, two, kick out, and then the guy's already moving to get in position for the next spot. And it's like, dude, you just flipped and dropped him on his fucking head. Yeah. Why is he, you know, why is he getting up? Like I said before, the DDT, when Jake used it, you were dead. Yep. It gets used now as, like, a setup for other things. Yeah. That that's an that's another thing that that bothers me is that I, I think they've completely destroyed the the effect of a finisher. It doesn't matter anymore. And you know it, it again. You, you can watch a main event of a of any pay per view by AEW or WWE, and in that main event, you're seeing at least three or four finishes before there's a one two three. Yeah. And I I just I I can't take the fact that a finisher is no longer a finisher. Um. Like uh, the kick out of a finisher should be special, like, special, and it should be only used for like Brock mm-hmm. or like if Drew is going against somebody in a big spot. But you'll see it on like the mid card on Raw. Like you'll see a finisher and a guy kick out. You yep. know, yep. Um, I don't mind kicking out of big spots, but the finisher should be the end all be all to a match. Like how many people kicked out of the Tombstone? No one nope. for like twenty years. Mm-hmm. And then when someone did kick out of it, it was a big pop, oh shit moment, you know. Now you got guys that are been in the business for a couple of years, they gained some steam, they hit a finisher, and people are kicking out of it. Like, yeah. You know. What makes, another thing that bothers me too is the lying. And I say this and people kind of rip me for it, but AEW built their promotion off of, we're going to create new stars, right? So they get, um, they Obviously, they push themselves, the Young Bucks and Cody, they push themselves to the moon. I give Cody credit for not strapping himself with the title right away. Um, but still, you didn't push a new star by giving it to Jericho. Um, 
they they talk about you know you have one of the best performers in the world in Kenny Omega. No one gives a shit about him in America. Mm-hmm. The American audiences don't care. And, and then yeah, we talked about that before. That should have been the guy they put yep. the title on the, your top babyface mm-hmm. because no one knows who Kenny Omega is. But now if he's going over Jericho, who's an established Hall of Famer, yeah, it it makes a name for himself. Now everyone can tune in to see this guy who's so fucking good. Yeah. Yep. You know? And we talked about it before. Like We both give Cody credit for not putting the bell on mm-hmm. himself. But if he did, he should have did it and ran with it as the yep. top heel in the world. Where, yep. yeah, this is my company. I do whatever I want. Yep. And no one's going to do anything to stop me. Mm-hmm. Where it w- at the beginning, it would have been like, of course he's the champ. But yeah, he could have came out with a mic and said, you're right. Of course I am the champ. Mm-hmm. You know, and ran with it. But we, I give him credit for doing what he did, where he's lost a whole lot. He has, <laughs> for sure. And, you know, they they everyone that from WWE wants to go over to AEW and become parent stars. Well, you know, Ty Dillinger or Sean Spears goes right over to AEW. Big deal, right? Parent, AEW makes a big deal. He's absolutely irrelevant. You know, I thought they, they, they should be pushing Hangman Page a lot more than they are. He's so good. He's just incredible, and they're not doing a whole lot with him. The revival goes over there. Nobody cares. Yeah. So it's like... You Orange know, Cassidy's over. I, I love, love that guy, guy man. He sticks his hands in his pockets and he's over. He's that brilliant. right there yep. is connecting with the audience. He's a little guy. Mm-hmm. He sticks his hands in his pockets and does a couple like drop kicks with his hands in his pockets. The place goes fucking nuts yep. for him. He and, established himself in the indies doing that, mm-hmm. got himself over, and the crowd's behind him. Yep, and you got to give Jericho credit for seeing Cassidy and going, I'll work with him. Mm-hmm. And Jericho got him over, like did a great job with him. So, you know, I, I, I don't like when um, AEW tells me, look, we're going to separate ourselves from the rest because we're going to create new stars. Your world champion is Dean Ambrose. <laughs> yeah, It's not a new star, everyone. He's established himself in, a, in the American audiences. And, you know, that's where I think the problem is now is I think wrestling right now has run its course with the American audience because – you know, ratings supports that over the last five years. You know, and the evidence of that is probably due to the saturation of the product. You know, like you said, there's so many hours of pro wrestling on per week. There's no chance to miss someone like in the and I don't like going back to the attitude era, but that's when they did everything almost right with stars. If I saw Austin once on Monday Night Raw, I had to wait a whole week before I possibly saw him again. Goldberg was the same way. Same thing People with Goldberg. tuned in for an entrance, a spear, a jacket. It was four minutes of TV. Yep. And it was must-see because everyone – and you knew what was going to happen, but you yep. wanted to see him do it. I agree. And I, and I think the the problem with the saturation of the product goes back to us talking about and being asked why can't pro wrestling create new stars. That's why. Because we're not getting a chance to miss anything. Um, you know, like I said, if, if you're a – a Bailey and Sasha Banks fan on SmackDown, they had like four segments. Like, I don't want to see no offense to the women. I don't want to see them four times a night in two hours. Nah. I, I just don't care. And I like, I really haven't connected with either of those two. I like Bailey's not a good talker. No, at all. she's as a heel. She's a little better. Cause you got more range, but as a baby face, it was just like every week it was, 
I've been a fan my whole life. Yeah. I've worked to be here. You know what I mean? It was, yeah. it was, I got tired of it. Um, Sasha Banks, I think is a good heel because she's a heel in real life. Oh yeah. Her, she's fucking an absolute bitch to be around. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just, that's people who have interacted with her. Mm-hmm. I've seen write about it and talk about it. So she's a great heel cause she's a heel person. Yeah. Um, and that's just turning her personality up to 10. But, uh, yeah, I'm like, I'm not really interested in that. Oscar, I think, is the best worker in the company. One Agreed. of the best workers. But she can't talk. Mm-hmm. She can't connect with the audience, you know. Nope. And she still does a lot. Of, like, I've seen my wife has watched things she's done and been like, what the fuck is that? And I'm like, <laughs> in Japan, that's over. Yeah. That's how they act. Well, Japan and the U.S. are different. We don't want to see that stuff. You know, yeah. it's... Um, and JR said it and got a lot of heat for it, but he's right. They yeah. can't talk. They can't speak English and connect with an English speaking crowd. Right. You know? How can you connect to a 12 year old like in, in, you know, in Idaho? <laughs> yeah. How can you connect to that? Um, and like another thing is, and you know, we'll, we'll get to the end of, of this heart here, but you know, cause you can go so far, you know, AEW says they're going to push the envelope. Well, guess what? TNT comes in and said no and basically banned hardcore matches and, you know, 90% of the blood. You know, you can only do blood like I think they said like literally once in a blue moon. And, you know, that was after AEW said no rules. You know, this is going to be revolutionary. Yeah, yeah well, TNT. after Dustin Rhodes cut his whole <laughs> face apart, which looked good because it went with the match. Yeah. Know? And that's where another thing I, I, I believe WWE is in a rock and a hard place. But they have the network. The thing is that people have to understand too is when events said tomorrow or uh, uh, yeah, next Raw or SmackDown, you know, we're going back. We realize that we haven't been appeasing the fan base, and you know, we want to bring back the fans that have left us, and we want to keep the diehards, and we want to keep that that established fan base. We want to keep you guys with us. You know, we're gonna push the envelope. It just won't. I just don't think it'll be allowed because if you watch when they push the envelope, 80% of the material would not be allowed on network television today. So that's that's the problem. They can push the envelope with certain things, but within two weeks, the FCC will shut it down. The network will say, look, we just can't – we can't do it. Yeah. And it, 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 it that's the problem is I don't think even if WWE wanted to really push the envelope how certain fan bases want them to – just don't think they'd be even allowed to do it. Nah, I remember the one time they actually did come out on TV and say, we're giving this company back to you, the fans. <laughs> yeah. And then didn't change a goddamn thing. That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, because look, it, it's a it's a public company. That's first and foremost. Also, people have to remember, it's a publicly traded company, so sponsors are a massive source of their income. Um, it's a business. It is, exactly. Look, and another problem is now that WWE has to remember, or that we also have to take into account, the live event business is probably dead. Pay-per-view business, since the network, is dead. Um, so, you know, it's easier to get 10 million people to pay 10 bucks a month than it is you know, for 1 million people to pay 50 to watch WrestleMania or 75 for WrestleMania. Yeah, WrestleMania is usually more expensive. Right. So that's that's the problem. You know, we're in the middle of a pandemic where people have nothing to do, Kyle, but watch television. And ratings are the lowest that they've ever been. Which is sad. That's telling you, like, something. Because there's no sports on, too. So it's not even like, oh, I'd rather watch the 
the Lakers game. Lakers haven't been on. Yeah. You know, the NHL hasn't been on. The Yankees aren't on. There's no sports to watch. There's the UFC and WWE. And the UFC's on Saturdays. Mm-hmm. So, you know what I mean? It's, right. It's I think the pandemic exposed a lot of things. Um the the main the main demos are yes, maybe AEW beats Raw and SmackDown for the main demos, but those numbers are so minuscule. Um, John Cena is the most important asset in pro wrestling right now, and he's just he's not there, yeah. and that hurts. It, and you know what's sad too is like if Cena comes back, I mean he's older, he's done his full time career. Yeah, you know you'll get a spike in the ratings while he's there, yep. and then he goes away. It'd be the same thing if you brought Austin back and made him the commissioner. You'll get a spike in the ratings a little bit, but then it'll go away. They, they don't establish new stars. You know, if they brought Punk back and had him actually be a full-time on-screen guy, the ratings will go up a little bit because people want to see him every week, but he's already established himself. Right. So you would need, like, they're not, I, like, I don't know if it's the PG thing where these guys can't be themselves, mm-hmm. you know, where it's like, Seth Rollins is a great wrestler. He's a good talker. But you can tell his shit's scripted. Yep. You know, same with um, Roman. Roman's the same way. Yeah. Ambrose was the same way. He was so handcuffed because, and like, I don't know if I said it on this one that we have to re-record or the other one. Like, if people don't know where John Moxley came from, go look it up. <laughs> he, came from, he came from CZW, yes. which is like way worse than ECW at its most extreme. Yep. There's a clip of him taking a sawzall to the forehead, and it's real. Yeah. There's a clip of, not Moxley, but there's a guy taking a weed whacker to the chest where you just see blood flying everywhere. CZW is like the most, it'll never get on TV. No. Because it's that bad. My friend was at a show where a guy got, they stopped the show and he got airlifted to the hospital because he was cut that bad. That's where Moxley came from. So you bring him in as like this, um, lunatic fringe in a PG area. He mm-hmm. can't do anything. Um, his promos before, granted they cu- they cursed, were not bad. They were good because he'd be angry. Mm-hmm. He can't do that. And you see it in AEW. He's a little better, but he's still like pulled back. Right. So when they tell Seth Rollins, like, yeah, be yourself, but be yourself while saying all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it doesn't work. Nope. Agreed. So these guys... They can't create new stars because they don't let new stars create themselves. That is probably the best way to put it. I couldn't beat that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right, we're going to get to the final part of the show here. Um, All right, so I was asked, we were both asked to do the 30-day wrestling challenge in one sitting here. So we're going to go through our answers here, and, and, you know, this is – this is fun stuff here. You know, mine will probably have a common theme, whereas I remember here in Barones, it says it was totally different than mine, so that's good. Um, all right, so day one is a favorite current wrestler. My favorite wrestler probably to watch is AJ because mm-hmm. he's so good. Yeah. Um, I do like what Drew is doing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, your guy, so I'll let you say the third one, but I like watching him too. <laughs> Who are you oh. about? Oh, oh, Adam Cole. Uh, no, I thought you were going to say Randy Orton. Oh, Randy Orton, of course. Yeah, because yeah, I think Orton's probably the most over guy in WWF yeah. right now. Yeah. WWE. Yeah. And he's been there for 20 years. Yeah, if I if I had to pick someone, I I, I would 100% say Randy Orton. My God, I can't believe the guy has been there since 02, 18 years in the business. And he's 40 now, and he's the most over man in the business. Mm-hmm. He's just 
you know, I think when it's all said and done, I, I think he should be go down as like a top five or six guy ever. Like yeah. he has done everything. And what's cool about him is now you're hearing a lot of reports that where he used to be like a legit heel in real life, that he's now become like the locker room leader. That's good. He should. He's been there forever. Yeah. You no, know, and he kind of got he got fucked when he came up because like everyone knows it was him, Brock, Batista, and Cena. Mm-hmm. So when they first come in, Brock's you know right to the top. Obviously, Look yep. he's a monster. He's ridiculously athletic, you know. Um, and then after he left, Batista and Cena were pushed. Mm-hmm. Orton was pushed too, but it kind of became Batista's company. Yeah, first because what does he look like? Vince is a body guy. Yep. You know, where him and Cena had both had titles. But Batista was on the main show. Yeah. He was pushed further. And then after that, it was Orton and Cena. And Cena's on the Mount Rushmore. He obviously got over. Mm-hmm. Orton was a heel. But Orton was the best wrestler out of all, like, in-ring wrestler out of all four of them. Yeah. He's lasted longer than any of them. Yep. So he's definitely top five, six of all time. You know, he's in the top ten now. Yeah. You know, and, For sure. Uh, you know, outside of the Mount Rushmore, he's the second greatest in the past 20 years. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Of John Cena. Yeah. You know? And the good thing about Orton is, and we've noticed this over the past couple of years because we all kind of thought, man, they're not doing enough with him. He's obviously always willing to go out there and put over a new guy mm-hmm. or do a program with him. And I, and I give him credit for that, too, where, uh, well, I mean, he's making a ton of money. So he probably is in the I don't care stage until now. Now I feel like. He cares about everything he's doing, um, and that's a dangerous Orton is when he cares. And you mentioned John Cena and Orton. They also probably had one of the best rivalries in the past 20 years. They, their rivalry lasted so long, we started to hate it. I know. So like, uh, here we go, this again. Now yeah, it's here. like, I want that back. <laughs> yeah, if Cena came back for like his his last ride and his final match at WrestleMania was against the Orton, I'd be okay with I'd be completely cool with that. Um, all right, day two. Favorite female wrestler? Charlotte Flair. Yeah, Charlotte's Which awesome. Not, I've talked about it. I'm not a huge... Um, I really can't get into the women's wrestling. Not that I, you know, dislike it, but Flair's fucking so good. Yeah. She's probably... and I've, She's the best. I think she's the greatest female wrestler of all time. Mm-hmm. I think she's better than Trish, Lita, um, you know, Moolah and all those. They had their runs, but they were nowhere near the in-ring worker that Charlotte Flair is. I agree. So for me, it would be Bailey because I have a thing for Bailey. Um, but other than that, it would be definitely Asuka and Charlotte. Um, yeah. I love watching them. I was never I'm a huge, I'm a huge fan of uh, Natty, too. Natty's so Natty. good. She, she's gotten she's screwed so for a long time in that business. She has. And JR said this a while ago. She'll be... Uh, an employee at WWE for the rest of her life. Absolutely. When she's done in the ring, she can work with every single girl in NXT and show them how to work. Yep. She's that good. Yep. Favorite wrestler ever? Undertaker. Yeah. Shawn Michaels, obviously. <laughs> um, favorite tag team of all time? Uh, Hardys. Yeah, I'm going to go Rockers, but for the majority of my life, it was the Hardys. Um, I was, I recognize, I was able to understand the greatness of the Hardys from day one. So they would be it. Um, favorite faction? Um, at the time, I didn't like them, but now looking back, uh, Evolution. Yeah. Big yeah. Evolution fans. Like, I like 
all four of the guys in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a fan of their work. I like what they did, how it was, you know, three generations of wrestlers. Incredible. Badass theme song. Yeah. And they came out like, they were like the new horsemen without calling themselves the horsemen. Agreed. Because they won titles, they dressed in suits. They were like, you know, shown on private planes and limos with these sports cars in their packages and everything. So, yeah, I like what they did. Yeah, I feel like Evolution, to this day, so haven't gotten their due as just how great they really were. Um, and it's obvious they couldn't last as long as the Horsemen because they had two, they have three bona fide Hall of Famers in that faction. You can't yeah. keep them in a group forever, um, especially in an era where they needed new stars. Um, so let's see here. My favorite faction would be the original Degeneration X, which was um, HBK, Triple H, China, and Rick Rude. That would be my 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 favorite. Um, how you became a fan. Hulk Hogan. Yep. Um, my dad got me watching wrestling when I was a kid because of Hulk Hogan. Yep. And I remember, I can remember back, like, really young, my dad taking old t-shirts and cutting the uh, the the neck so I could rip them off on his bed Yep. Um, in the mirror like Hulk Hogan. So, yeah, this was probably, like, 88-ish. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. Hulk Hogan and my dad getting me to watch wrestling. Yeah, definitely. It's my aunt. I'm going to get my aunt on the show one day because she's a good talker and she's, I love to have her on. yeah, she's a great talker. She's like a historian of, of like wrestling. Cause my goodness, like if I call her on a Monday night for like two minutes, it ends up being a 50 minute phone call about something of wrestling. <laughs> um, but she's really good. You know, she likes Brett. So I hate her for that. Um, she loved edge for a long time. I hated her for that too. So she's been like my antagonist for like my whole life, but yet she's the best. Um, would definitely love to have her on to talk wrestling. Um, let's see here. Day seven, favorite promotion. That's obvious. WWF. I'm going to, yes, not WWE, WWF. Oh, <laughs> um, I love that. Favorite manager. Bobby DeBrain Heenan. Yep. I can go back and watch his work now and appreciate it. Yep. Uh, of course, I hated him as a kid. But uh, of course. watching him as a manager, watching him in the backstage interviews mm-hmm. and on commentary, he was fucking great at everything he did. Agreed. Um, that I have the same same one. Uh, favorite commentary team? Jr. and King. Yep. And I think you got the same one. Mine was Jr. and King, and then like literally one B would be Bobby and Monsoon. Monsoon, yeah. So and honorable mention if you go back. Just because Jesse was such a oh, dick. He was so good. <laughs> he was so good with Vince and with Monsoon. I mean, a lot like I was texting you the other day about something he said about uh, what he called Tito Santana, Chico Santana. <laughs> I bet he wishes he was selling tacos back in Tijuana right now. Monsoon's like, he's not from Tijuana. Like, <laughs> he used to say so much like racist shit back then. It was <laughs> just, oh my goodness. For the time, he was so good. He was so funny. I agree. Man, that's great. Day 10, favorite entrance theme? Uh, the game, Motorhead. Yep. Mine would... At my wedding. <laughs> yep. Mine would be um the DX theme. I love that so much. Right there is Motorhead. I mean, Triple Eight, all three. Evolution, the King of Kings, and the game. All three are badass. Badass fucking, like... And to get a Motorhead band, like... A- band like motorhead if you listen to their hits it's all from like the 80s i know it's an old metal like they call lemmy the godfather of heavy metal and 
it's like this old sound that I'm like, I like it, but I'm not like into it, into it. It's mm-hmm. not like Metallica where I love Metallica. Um, but to have an older band like that come in in 2001 and tell them like, this is what we're looking for. And for them to create like a badass metal theme, like the game mm-hmm. is fucking great. It just shows how good of a band they were. For sure. Absolutely. Um, let's see here. Favorite match. Uh, Taker and HBK from WrestleMania 25. Uh, probably like 1A would be the end of an era match. Like if I go on a network and it's like, what do I feel like watching that I've seen a million times? I could put on the end of an era and watch it from the Shawn Michaels' entrance mm-hmm. all the way through to all three of them on their entrance ramp leaving. Mm-hmm. It's just a great story from the first second. Yeah. For me, I kind of break it down into three. Um, I have obviously forever to me, I think it's going to be Taker and Michaels, WrestleMania 25. It'll never be topped in my opinion. Number two is the first ever Hell in a Cell match, Bad Blood 97. Um, and number three is the end of an era. Like I'm at the point now when I watch the end of an era, it's just so special to watch that thing, man. Um, and all three of those guys are involved in all those matches. Yeah. Like, I mean, Hunter just comes out with Sean and then gets him at the end of the Bad Blood match. But he's still there. Yeah. And then, you know, the, uh, I mean, they're really not, Hunter's not into WrestleMania 25 match, but it's like all three of those guys are forever ingrained in 30 years of wrestling yep. history, 25 years of wrestling history. It's unreal, man. Um, let's see here. Day 12, favorite old school territory. I mean, only we, watch WWF. Yeah, we, we joked and said, well, WWF. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, we again, we're not old enough to appreciate, like, the NWA, AWA. I can appreciate now going on the network and realizing, like, the superstars that came from those promotions. But WWF would, probably, I guess, be – if I had to pick one, it would be WCW because I enjoyed that too. Yeah. No. Um, <laughs> your day 13, favorite gimmick. This is easy. Uh, Undertaker. <laughs> Undertaker with Goldust being number two for me. Yeah. Um, most missed wrestler, day 14. For today's wrestling, Punk, I think he's Mm -hmm. really missed. Uh, I think he would bring in viewers, drive up the ratings. And overall, and I said this for personal reasons, uh, Randy Savage. Yeah. I said this to you at the Undertaker signing. He would have made a killing at these meet and greets. Yep. His line would have been just as long as Ric Flair's is. If you go to these things and you see Ric Flair there, the line's usually to the other end of the room. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think Savage would have done just as well at these things uh, as Flair does. Yeah, for me, I mean, Punk's right there because he would create, you know, buzz. But I, I you know, it's funny saying this. I really do miss full-time John Cena. So um, I would probably put Cena in, in that one um, for me. Day 15, favorite face? Hulk Hogan. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to, mine would either be Hogan or, or Michaels. Um, although, heel Michaels is my favorite. Um, favorite heel? Um, Triple H overall and when Punk uh, when he had the title and he had the slick back hair and he was just cutting fucking fire promo after fire promo every time he had a mic it was like The Rock you had yep. to listen to what he was saying yep. I thought he was great mm-hmm. from the pipe bomb through that whole rival we with Cena he was awesome as a heel so for me it's Triple H is my favorite heel ever very close to him is Randy Orton. Um, I love Orton. Great. As a heel. He's such a good heel. He really is. Um, 
Here we go. Day 17, your favorite finisher? Uh, Stoner. Yeah. Because it's out of nowhere. Yep. And uh, every time Austin hit it, they like said he could hit a guy three times in a row and he gets a pop every time. <laughs> and uh, the old school finisher I always loved was the DDT. Yeah, I love DDT, man. Big, big fan of that one. So my favorite. DDT. Yeah, Jake's DDT for sure. Um, my favorite finisher is Sweet Chin Music. And then if it was, if I had to pick a second, it'd be the RKO. Um, That's a great finisher, too. It I really is. Um, day 18, one superstar you love to hate. The Miz. Yeah. <laughs> He's such a hateable guy, and I love it. Um, I'm a fan of his, but I love hating him. Like, when he comes out, it's like, ah, shit, but I like it, you know? Another guy for me is so one to love to hate. I, I said that when we first recorded this, I said CM Punk, so I'm happy that we were able to do this again in a way because – and it's only because I feel like he's just lazy and he doesn't want to speak up for himself. But I'm going to say Dolph Ziggler. I loved, I really like Dolph, but I hate the fact that it's like he just wanted to collect the paycheck and be a martyr about it. Like, to me, if you're as good as you are like that, speak up about it. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously you have clout with the business because, I mean, God, they've kept you for over 15 years now. Speak up, like man, like I, I think he should be a lot further in his career than he has been. Yeah, at least give him that lengthy IC or US title run. Yeah, I agree. You know, he's a great in ring worker. He's a phenomenal seller. He flops mm-hmm. all over the place for guys. So yeah, um, day nineteen favorite storyline. The Mega Powers explode. That's my earliest memories of wrestling. Is that um, and I, that whole storyline, which was a year long. And which even lasted like longer after the mm-hmm. WrestleMania Five blow off. I thought it was great. Yep, for me, my favorite storyline ever is probably anything that Undertaker and Shawn did. But I really enjoyed um, Brett and Shawn in '97, like leading up to Montreal. Holy cow! There was just potato potatoes being thrown at their faces by with a gun like they were just it was real (laughs) holy god like especially like just listening like you know the sunny days comment oh my god it was great just two assholes um let's see here favorite submission um probably the sharpshooter yes sharpshooter yep um like i said when he put it in it looked like he was trying to rip you in half it looked painful he sold it where he was like pulling real hard so i think that's probably my favorite. Yeah, absolutely. He made that look so legitimate. Um, the other one would be the Crippler Crossface by by Benoit. Yeah. He looked like he was. I mean, no, I'm, he looked like he was hurting you. I was gonna say something else, but I'm like, I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> it looked like he was trying to rip your head apart, rip your face off. Yeah, you know? agreed. Um, here we go. Well, you know, we just did this, so most overrated and then most underrated. Overrated. We talked about it. Ric Flair. Yep, Ric Flair. I think he's a. He's not bad, but. When he talks about everyone talks about he's the greatest of all time, mm-hmm. I completely disagree. Agree with you. Yep. Yep. I agree. And who are underrated, I think Sheldon Benjamin. Yeah, that's he's my number one. Him and Cesaro are like right up there for most underrated. Um, day twenty three, your favorite feud? Austin and Vince. Yep. Yep. From the whole, you know, it basically was the whole attitude era. Yeah. So I was thinking back now, again, being able to do a take two here, I'm gonna say Austin Vince as well because I still go back and just watch them two go at it. And it's just I, I love it. Um, day twenty four, your dream match. 
Take your sting at WrestleMania. Oof, that's so perfect. For me, it's, um, and I said this before, 1997 Shawn Michaels versus like 2016 AJ Styles. That's, yeah. I would love to see that, man. That'd be um, a half hour long and a five star classic. Absolutely. Um, but if it was, you know, probably be about four stars in Melter, but if it was in Tokyo Dome, it'd be about six stars. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see, your favorite, day 25, we're getting to the end here. Favorite high flyer? Probably Ricochet or Neville. Um, mm-hmm. Neville was so good. Yeah, his, I remember seeing him uh, when he was Pac before he came to w, WWE. His highlight package, I think I sent it to you, like, mm-hmm. dude, who the fuck is this guy? If you look at his highlight reel on the indies, it's ridiculous mm-hmm. how athletic that guy is. For me, it's, um, even since the WCW days, I've always been a huge fan of Rey Mysterio. So, Ray Ray would be my, uh, my favorite high flyer. Uh, day 26, the company you miss, WWF. <laughs> yeah, the original <laughs> That's what uh, I miss. I have none. Yeah. Because I really didn't watch much, but, uh. Mm-hmm. I guess ECW just because of the crowds. Yeah, those crowds were hot from the start to finish of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, the in-ring stuff was garbage, but yep. the crowd was cool to listen to. Day twenty-seven, your favorite attire? Uh, Legion of Doom. Badass. Yep. Big uh, fan. Football pads, face paint. How can you fucking not like that? I know. I know. And then, um, for me, it's um, either. Any WrestleMania, Shawn Michaels, because I feel like he was super creative with all of his new attire. And then second would be, even though I find him highly overrated, um, absolutely loved anything the Macho Man came out with. Yeah. Um, my God, the money that man spent on outfits. Yeah, his gear was like, you know, he had hat glasses, boots, cape, fucking everything matched. Especially later on in his career when he started wearing like the cowboy boots with the, the, um, the pants mm-hmm. instead of the tights. Uh, yeah, his shit was really like everything was cartoonishly over the top. Yeah, but cool looking for sure. Um, favorite promo? The pipe bomb. Yeah, probably either that's my number one, or it's going to be. Uh, it's okay. I have three. I'm sorry. Pipe <laughs> bomb, and then the WrestleMania 17 Austin Rock when they were sitting down in the locker room with Jr. Yeah, that was really good, and then. Ho- uh, then Michaels on Hogan in Montreal in 05. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what's another good one I just thought of was the uh, Triple H with JR. That was good. Where he's like, that's the I game. fucking game. Yeah. yeah. That whole thing started. Yep. Uh, that was great too. I really like that one. Favorite title belt? The Attitude Era Big Eagle, the Austin one. Yep. And the Winged Eagle that Hogan made popular and Savage and mm-hmm. all that, um, I loved, but it was just so small. It was. <laughs> Like, you know, before I saw the WCW one, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, that's a title belt, whatever. Yeah. But then I saw how big the NWA, the, the WCW, big gold, big gold was. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, well, that looks so much cooler because it fits them. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, I have my top. I have always have a top three for this one. But the winged eagle that like Michael's war is my all time favorite. Um, then the, the, the big eagle with Austin. And then the big gold for WCW, um, and then day thirty we don't really have to touch on. We already we already covered it. The feelings on the current state. So, um, yep, there's there is our top thirty for thirty. 
Um, that's going to wrap it up. Um, like we just said in the very beginning, our next show, it maybe we'll cover um, that 2005 uh, SummerSlam. It's coming up on the 15th anniversary. Incredible pay-per-view. Uh, you know, Edge defeated Matt Hardy. Rey Mysterio beat Eddie Guerrero in a ladder match. Kurt Angle um, wrestled in that one. Randy Orton beat The Undertaker. Uh, Batista beat JBL and then Hulk Hogan and Shawn Michaels. So that might be a really good pay-per-view to watch. Um, but we'll let you guys know for sure. But until then, check out this Q&A. Um, you know, we have a lot of, you know, non-current storyline stuff in the archives that you guys can catch up on. Um, but other than that, thank you guys so much. Head over to Instagram and follow the, the Hot Tag Podcast. It's at the hot tag podcast on uh, Instagram. So um, as always, send me your DMs there for questions, and we I get a lot of those. Um, and send me ideas, man. Send us. We're always open for ideas. Um, but uh, Barone, thank you so much for coming on again. No problem. <laughs> Hopefully, it stays recorded this time. Yeah, we'll be good this time. I promise. Um, all right, guys. This has been the Hot Tag Podcast. We hope you enjoyed. It was your questions and our answers. I uh, hope you guys have a good rest of your week and weekend. Uh, we'll talk to you guys later. Bye bye.